Hello, everyone, and welcome to another new perspective, the podcast that brings you wisdoms and perspectives from all walks of life. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I am back here with Bob this morning. It's Bob and Joe. And uh, actually, this will be our last one for a couple months, right? You're gone right. for two months? Two months, yeah. Two months, okay. So I think we're going to leave it on a good one. I think it, uh, it sounds like sometimes a word can kind of go a lot of different directions, and it, our world right now can go a lot of different directions based on perspective of age and perspective of what things are, what we find simple in one thing could be complex in others. And one of the words I really like um, that comes up in sales a lot, comes up in our world a lot, is intentional or be or or the word intent. And like what we, what's our intention behind an email? What's our intention behind an action? Or our intention behind some sort of technology that we might find simple for some of us, where my life has become extremely simplified by the technology that we've created. Um, but that's based on my understanding of it and how that same simplification using technology for some people maybe older or less educated could find complexity in it. So I think that's a great area to start. So if you want to add your little piece to that. Well, I think that's always going to happen, Joe. What might be simple to you now with the technology when you get 80 Technology is going to be a lot more advanced, and that might become complicated to you. So sometimes the simplicity that you talk about with technology, for older people, uh, even going to the doctor's office and getting a report back, they, most of the time they don't even call you anymore. You have to go check your chart, my chart. And for older people who don't even have a computer, on how to use it, they're depending on someone else to do that for them. So it's not it's not as simple as like getting a phone call saying, hey, we need to change your medication. So you gotta read your, your chart. So you have to read your own chart. You have to read your own chart. And as a matter of fact, something happened with my wife about six or seven months ago. They sent us her chart and I wasn't paying attention to it. And it was kind of indicating, finally we got, finally we got some phone calls like, two or three months later, that she was anemic. And it took like three months before they notified us that that was happening. They wanted you to notice that she was anemic instead well, of them telling you? Well, it was on my chart, yeah. but I, I, I didn't pay attention to the chart. I know how to get to the chart, but I wasn't, I wasn't aware of this is a major problem, you know? Yeah. But it did, it did put cautions up there saying, you know, contact your, your, your care caregiver or whatever but uh, so sometimes for older people they miss that and as I was saying before we started this conversation when I think back to my own parents they they never had a checkbook yeah they, they used to go to the bank and pay the electric bill and the gas bill and, and so, cash yeah and it was, it was simple that way you went to the gas station I think you mentioned this the last time Went to the gas station. Someone filled up their tank for them. Yeah, you filled up the tank. And checked the oil. And, yeah, and checked your tires and your oil. Yeah. Clean your windshield. Yeah. Now that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was I, I was happy that I am very happy and, and grateful that I was able to experience some of that. Growing up in a very small town, like right. that, really didn't go away until I, mean, I don't remember how old I was, but right. I mean. 
I remember going pulling in there with dad or, or you know, with the family in the van and right. you know, out they come out and Jim or whoever would come out and clean your right. windshield and right. you know, check your oil quick and you know, fill up your gas and right. so it it was uh I, I appreciated the simple things. Right. And I think that's why I run my company the same way. It's like the way I always say is like I didn't want I love technology and I love the future. Right. But I feel that what we could have done better, and we still can, I feel like we can still reel this thing back in a little bit, is that we have to preserve some of what we used to have. You have to take and, and evolve this thing that we, some of the simplistic things right. or the thoughtfulness things not to use not to lose the humanness not to lose yes. the personal contact of people yes. we talked about this and you know so, so many times people are on their phones they don't make a call they send you a text message and, and it's not even a complete word it's you two you and a two and a, right and rather than a, a personal phone call uh, yeah I mean it's um I had written this guy, I've been holding off for about a year to email him because he's a very, very brilliant man. I mean, he's, he's over in London. He's published 25, over 2,500 papers in neuroscience and psychology. And I wanted to send him my, my work, but I wanted to make sure, like, it was going to, I didn't want to blow my chance. I was like, I'm going to send this guy one email. I'm going to make it very profound, very, like, intellectual and explain right. what I was doing. And I kept putting it off and putting it off, you know, because I didn't want to lose that. Right. that piece of it but like the um, I was talking to him in there is like how much we've individualized people where humans are becoming afraid of other humans you know we've created this like it's a, almost a dangerous level of inter, inter um, or inner pers- perspective we've taken the perspective inward instead of outward so we've lost this like the humans live within the forest and other humans are part of our community and part of our community helps us raise our children and help right. like build this community and we're all together and we support each other. <clears throat> and now we're like, what's in it for me? Right, like, And I'm saying not all of it is, but there's a lot of it that's like, you know, like we're just a bot of data. We're just this like, we're this just cell phone that's like, <coughs> walking around and they're collecting our data. Right. You know, and now, you know, I'm not even saying kids, I'm saying adults, I'm saying, like, a lot of people don't know how to have conversations outside of that, outside right. of that t- that little text or that, that right. email. Right. What's interesting, you know, contrary to what I said about technology, and I'm not against technology, I'm just saying that for some people, you know, all the people, it is confusing. However, I'm going away for two months. And I have some trumpet students back here. Okay. I'm going to be in Florida, and I'm going to FaceTime them. Okay. I'm not charging them, but I'm going to FaceTime. I mean, I couldn't do that yeah. years ago. Right, exactly. So we've already worked it out. You know, I, He has his book. I have my book. We tried it. We worked it out last week. And so the, all the kinks are out. So when we go to Florida, we'll, I'll be able to FaceTime and make sure I can keep him going, right, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah. But imagine if the lessons were only done that way, then you lose the personal touch. When I come back, right. you, you'll be sitting next to me, and 
and I can see and feel and, and see everything and hear everything. But, right. But when it becomes just FaceTime, that's yeah. not good. Well, yeah, because I, I actually have a, an experience like that because the guy that mentors me, right. he's trying to help me build my business. He's trying to give me the right directions on things right. and stuff. But it's only over Zoom. It's only over, like, basically FaceTime okay. that we have conversations. Okay. So when I'm trying to explain my work to him or explain where I'm at and when I'm right. building, he's never been here. Yeah. He was calling my blocks out in front, you know, my wooden blocks. He was calling yeah. them pillows for a long time. And I was like, they're not pillows, they're blocks, right? Because he has no, right. no idea right. what it is I actually really even do, yeah. you know, because you've never experienced it, yeah. you know? And I think that experience is a big piece of, Technology can remove that from us because people think they're going somewhere and they're just seeing pictures of it. They're just watching videos of it. And does that does that, does that fill in our, our desire for, for experiences? Right. Because we can just watch it. We have people with these GoPros on that you're getting point of view imaging of skydiving or jumping off or base jumping or right. you know whatever so are we like giving up our desire to go out and actually experience this for ourselves yeah. because we can see it online right. you know well sometimes you know, <coughs> when i think back to when i was in college you know the classes were smaller and then when i was working on my master's degree sometimes they'd be sitting in a class with 100 people yeah, there's no interaction with the professor. I mean, so I mean, so they could reach a lot more people, but you lose that human touch. You know, as, as you started off with the intention. Yeah. Yeah, the human intention. You know, what are your intentions behind it? Talk about intentions. Like, uh, almost everything I do has an intention. Right. And then. But my wife will move my intention. I okay. might, I might have this here because I know that when I get up, I'm going to pick it up and use it. Right. She doesn't like it there. She picks it up and puts it in a different place. Oh yeah. You know. So. Yeah, yeah. But I keep trying to tell her. I mean, we think it's amazing how we've we we've been together a long time and I love her so. But we think differently. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know whether all men. I I I think logically, there's always. There's always a reason why I'm doing something. Right, and the rhyme, the rhyme behind the reason. Yeah, really and my wife, like, sometimes she's no, no logic behind that at all. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I have a perfect example of that. That just happened the other day with myself and my girlfriend, is because on the table out in the living room, I have in a in a, in a line usually my right. watch, my wallet, right. my ear earbuds I wear. Right. Uh, my phone, your remotes, yeah, everything's in a. Right, right. Here's my, here's the stuff I'm gonna need right. when I leave the house. I have, right. I can grab this, 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 and this. Right. I know exactly where it's at. So the other day, I didn't put my belt on. My belt was laying <laughs> left on the table, and I come back and I was like, obviously, like I, I get used to seeing things exactly right. where I left them or my intention of where they were because that's where I always put them and that's just the way it is. And my belt was on top of my stereo. And I was like, why is my belt on top of my stereo? She goes, well, I was trying to clean the table off. And yeah. I was like, but why would you put it on my dresser then? Yeah. 
right? <laughs> like, why would the belt belong on the stereo? Okay. Right. You know, so it was right. like yeah. the the thought process in my head was right. like, well, if you wanted to clean it off, my dresser's empty. Right. I mean, the belt would probably, even in my regard, belong on the dresser right. more than it would on the table. Right. But it doesn't belong on the stereo. Yeah. You know? But it didn't bother her to put it there because she didn't know what you were thinking. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. But you didn't know what she was thinking. I have to be careful because she has a thought process. Yeah. It's different than mine. You know? No, absolutely. Yeah. Now, when we go to Florida, we go for two months, and I go with my sister and husband. Right. And we've been traveling. We've been doing this for like for 15 years. And we first we went off a couple of weeks, and then we finally went for a month. So I told my brother-in-law, I love him. I hope I can say this. I, I said, look, Tom, now that we're living together, because we, we stay in the same house. Yeah. But it's big. It's big enough, so he has their own space. So now we're living together. Look, I'm simple. I'm very simple. I eat simple. My food's simple. I'm a simple man. About a week later, he says, I talk to you. I said, is there a problem, Tom? He says, yeah. I says, what? He says, you're the most complicated son of a bitch I've ever met in my <laughs> life. He says, you're simple-minded, but you're not simple. So sometimes, as before we even got on the air, but sometimes when people think they're making something simple, they make it complicated for other people. Yeah. It becomes complex. And I think sometimes to, be, to be, make something very simple is a complex process. Absolutely. It sounds crazy, but yeah. to, to get simplicity, you have to think a whole lot of steps to get there. Right. That's so, a, Yeah, you're trying to... Um, I'll have to show you this when we're done. It's um, Actually, yeah, because I don't have my phone on me. I was going to read it to you on this because it would make okay. so much sense, but it was like the, the levels of purity. And it was like going through like sociology and psychology and you know right. different things like that and they got down to applied physics and they're like see like it's nice to be on top or applied physics you know and right. then it scrolls down a little bit further and there's this guy standing down there and he was like oh hey guys i didn't see way over there and it's the mathematician okay okay because it's dividing it down in, in right. levels of purity okay and in the end it's just all math right because yeah. light and music and pressure and sound and everything is just mathematics. Math. It's not mathematics. Yeah. So to simplify something is to think through it. And my, this is a my own perspective or okay. speculation. Is to simplify something is to strip away yeah. and strip away and strip away all of these things right. that everybody else might stop here because this is their level of purity that they see. Yeah. But I'm like, well, I'm not happy at that level of purity. I want to keep going. I want to see I want to see what I can find at the end. I want to keep going. Okay. okay. Right? So at the end, for me, because I'm a logistics person, it's just math. Can okay. I get this thing from this point to this point through all of these variables, through all of these uncontrolled and controlled variables from this point to this point safely within the amount of time that I have to okay. get it there? So it's just math. So the true purification of everything or simplification of everything is like the quickest point from the quickest way from point A to point B. Right? But if you've simplified past someone's comfort that they think is simple, 
now what you've done is make you've you've blown apart their yeah. their world of simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. Because now they're going, wait. Now you're questioning what I believe because you've simplified it even more. Yeah. Right. And I was talking to this guy. Uh, I was at a massage festival with my cube set up. And I was talking to this guy. He's like, he kind of said the same thing. How much thought it takes to get to simple. Right. And he's talking about eyeglasses. He goes, if you think of your eyeglasses, if you look at them perfectly through them, everything's clear. But if you would change it just a tiny little bit, you know, like the doctor goes, he right. flips the thing, he goes, is right. A better, is B better? Right. Is C better or B better? Right? Right. And it's that fraction, it's just that tiny little fraction of a change that makes it clear. Okay. But it took someone to figure out that simplicity of like this or that. Yeah. And it's just your eyeglasses. But if they're off a little bit, you can't see anything. I, I taught with a, a man who was in the science, the head of the science department. He, he said, "Life is all physics. It's all physics." Yeah, but physics is just math. Yeah, it's all yeah. That's what you believe. It's all all math. You know? Yeah. Music has got related to mathematics a lot. Oh yeah. With the intervals and the numbers and the chords and scales and yeah, yeah. a lot of it. I mean, that's really what you're like. I try to really help people understand that in here because, you know, with what I do and helping people learn movement and most of the world is like, well, you have to do it this way because this is the movement I created and like right. you have to do it this way because it's the protocol or you have to do it this way because this mm -hmm. is what I learned and this is the best way. But when I work with people in here, if the baby is here and baby sees mom looking out this window. Every day mom looks out this window and baby's stuck on the floor over there. Well, baby wants to get from this point over to see what's outside that window. So for maybe three months or months, it wriggles around and it's like trying to figure out how to move its body and try to figure out how to crawl or walk mm -hmm. or whatever to see what mom's looking at outside that window. So it's just you organizing your organism from this point where you're stuck at to where you want to go, okay. right? About four years ago or so, I worked with some sprinters from Barbados, Olympic level sprinters. And he goes, well, we train our upper body almost twice as much as our lower body because it's how hard I can swing my arm through to reach for my next step that pulls my leg through, right? So it's us seeking the end. It's seeking what we want, okay. right? So then, if you think of an elderly person that fell and broke their hip or broke their leg or whatever, and the phone is 20 feet away, and that phone is help, that phone is survival, would you, would you tell that person that's trying to survive, that's not the right way to move, you shouldn't do that? Or is it up to them to go, I need to get help? Right. And they can move however they want to because it doesn't matter how they move. Right. As long as they get from point A to point B. Right. Right? So... In that situation. In that situation. Right. But in another way of looking at that is Brie asked me this question. She bothers her a lot. Because I just want to make the right decision. And I was like, but there isn't a such thing as a right decision. There's a better decision. 
or a more efficient decision or a decision that works better for you, but not for this person. Right. right? But to say there's a right decision to make or a correct path right. is a saying that there's a destiny at the other end that you already know, that we know beyond any shadow of a doubt that we were born right here and we're going to end right here. Right. Then you know that you're not getting to there because you made this, you made the wrong decision. But because we don't know where we're going, nobody does objectively. Okay. There is no right decision. There's not a. The, also, also the way you think. Again, my wife and I think differently. So her decision to get here might be different than mine. Yeah. I might go this way. She might go around it or something. Right. So. And you could either. Just go, eh, that's just the way she thinks. Or you go, well, why are you, you know, you can't judge the person because right. it isn't your right to judge how, which way they went around. They still got to where you were at. Right. You both ended up in the same place. You just both chose a different way to right. get there. Right. But neither one was wrong because right. it still took you to the same place. Right. I had an interesting thing um, when I was you know, director of music, I had two different string teachers, and they're both terrific. So I went in, sat in on a class on one of the string teachers, and, and she had about five or six students in front of her, like violins and violas and a cello. And she was working with one student alone, and the other four were playing all different things. So there's like all this sound going on. Yeah. Whereas the other teacher had them working more like in an ensemble. Okay. Like the five of them would be on page six, number seven. Okay. But this teacher had this kid on page six, number nine, and the rest of the kids were doing something else. So at the end of the class, you know, I sat and talked to her. I said, wow, that was different. She said, it was? Really? I said, she said, what was different? But I said, generally, you know, they, they work as an ensemble. I said, but I'll tell you what. Are you comfortable that way? She says, yeah. I said, leave it. At the end of the year, we'll come back and evaluate where your students are versus where the other students are from the other teacher. At the end of the year, they're both in the same place. Yeah, exactly. So, so there wasn't a right. No. So it, it worked for her, and that student that she was working with individually felt like she had to teach his total intention for five minutes or six minutes. Yeah. So, at the end, I said, Karen, it works for you. Keep it. Yeah. But the only suggestion I did make to her was that maybe the last five minutes of the class, you could bring them back and finish with an ensemble. Not what we're all playing together. You know? Right, and see if you can bring them back right. and, sit and play, right. the, play like for right. five right. minutes. Yeah, pay, you know, maybe like page, page seven, or, number yeah. six. Yeah, no, exactly. So... But was, That's that a great example. Yeah, yeah. I, because if I start to impose the way I think only, they might not. She she couldn't think that way. That wasn't the way she thought. And right. It worked. Yeah. You shouldn't do that because that's not what I want. Right. right. But you're not the one teaching it. Right. Right. You're going. You know. Well, we'll evaluate it, right. but then it end up turning out just fine. Right. So uh, and another point too that I noticed today that I'm older that I, could, I had that discussion with her this was probably 25 years ago I'm not sure I could have that discussion with her today because sometimes people get so offended that you're even thinking 
something different than they are. You know what I'm saying? Like people yeah. are so s- sensitive to any right. kind of suggestion or thought. You have well, to be so careful. Well, I think that's um, that goes back to that little piece that I mentioned right in the beginning of the individualization. Because we, as people, that's the community piece. We want to be part of something, right? We don't want to feel like we're alone. We don't want to feel like you know, we're just ourself by ourself, right. right? We want to be part of a community because that's what we're designed to be around. We're designed to be within a community of people. Right. But we keep individualizing people and individualizing people and individualizing people. So now you feel lonely. People feel like they're not part of something. So Now, why did that happen, Joe? My speculation of that would be the way we've viewed technology and developed technology right. is based on the inter inner perspective of things. We keep we want to what I always see is humans want to keep getting something smaller. We want to keep making something smaller. We want to we want to there's a there's a phrase that or question that I was asking. A buddy of mine talked about it a few years ago. And it was always interesting to ask people this question to get their their point of view from it is that we have an electron microscope that we see this but if you zoom in further all of a sudden it runs away and you see this you zoom in further and it runs away and you see this and as soon as you zoom in further into the universe or into this object you never really find the bottom of it because it just keeps running away from you so that's the going in part Okay. Right, and that's where we're working on biomarkers. We're working on genetics. We're working on the genome. We're, you know, because we keep going right. further and farther in. And then you have the other perspective of we have radio telescopes, radio astronomy. Right, we're seeing hundreds and hundreds of galaxies past us that just keep going farther and farther. And as soon as we think we found something, we, it goes, it runs away again. And it runs away again, and it runs away again. We keep finding more and more and more, right? So the idea was, and the question was, is can we go farther in or farther out? Okay. Or is it equal, or does it just loop around? You'll never find the end because the end is the beginning, right? So my perspective of it is that we keep going mostly inward. We've taken people's minds that used to see the world, right? Like we lived in a forest, and you're out there running through the forest and there's there's animals all over the place and there's other people and there's communities and like there's, you know, you might have to cross a river or whatever and problem solve yourself in this giant space, this giant world that we live in. Well, the technology has kept focusing us farther and farther and farther inward. And you've taken people's perspectives. I always say it this way. It's like you've gone from seeing the universe to seeing a drive-in movie screen to seeing a movie screen in a theater to your 80-inch TV on the wall, to your desktop computer, to your laptop, to your tablet, to your phone, and now you're in VR. Now you have people wearing blindfolds with screens in them of imaginary worlds that they don't have to move their body to even interact with. Yeah, but even though they go in with to this iPhone or iPad, that iPad can see all that stuff. Right, but you're seeing it not as it's actually existing. 
that's the that's what I was talking about in the beginning about the is it taking away our desire to explore to go out and see the thing as it actually is because we can see what it looks like on our phone right yeah. so let's say the coral reefs are dying but if you look online you see all the beautiful pictures of the coral reef completely alive and functional and like beautiful and everything like that because are those pictures old or are you only seeing the beauty parts of that mm. and we're not showing people the reality of what it looks like so you're not getting you're you're not experiencing the feelings the sensations the the smells the taste the the feel of the wind the heat the temperatures right. your system your embodied cognition isn't going out and searching and feeling and tasting it in like, wow, this is like kind of rough and like this is kind of smooth and this is like, you know, the air was very brisk, but it was like dry, you know, and like you're not, ex you're not taking in this experience. You're only seeing it on a screen. You're only seeing it on TV. Well, I don't know, Joe. I mean, aren't people going all over the world and some people like climbing mountains and walking through the I mean there right. more there's more people doing that the, the accessibility is there right but I wouldn't say that more people are doing it because I think more a people, lot of people don't have the resources right to but I think more people are doing it now than prior to all this technology yeah no I think it's a I think there's there's a balance to it because oh, it yeah. has people there more active because you are seeing that goes, I think, one of the topics we talked about of... The flying line. Well, I grew up in a very small town. And my whole world, until I was 18 years old, was that small town. I knew nothing outside of it. Right. But now the same person living in that small town can see on Instagram or see on Facebook right. and see all these beautiful places all over the world but they don't have the resources to get out of that small town to go out and see what they see on their phone to go out and go somewhere and experience it. So that creates this anxiety or this angst or this like depression yeah. because like I see what all these people have, all these people have all this money and all these things and all these beautiful things and fancy cars and I'm stuck in this little tiny town I can't go anywhere. Well, I, I th something we've talked about before, I, th I think loneliness also is because of some technology be because people don't, make phone calls, people send a text message, people don't necessarily go see someone, they'll FaceTime them. Right. Facebook, I mean, how about, how about a visit? Right, you're not getting that com the, right. the, the heart to heart connection, well, you're not getting the touch, you're not getting a hug, you're not getting... A couple of weeks ago, when your dad had passed away, you went back and you found out your dad was visiting all kinds of people and doing all kinds of things for people. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was doing, he was touching them. You, so he got, he, he got beyond the technology. So I, I think the technology is great, but, you know, a personal phone call, a personal visit. Yeah. Uh, I think going back to you, to really focusing on the technology as a tool, right? You being you, you being yourself, you being right. your own individual, like, this is me, I'm Bob, you're Bob and I'm right. Joe and that's right. Elaine and like, this, this, this is who we are. Right. This is our persona. This is our personality. This is who I am. I want to share it with you. I want to come up and say hello to you and like mm. have a conversation. But we have these tools, our walkie-talkies. I always say like it's no different. Or if, imagine it as a kid. 
right? And we'll take all the extra bells and whistles away from it. As children, you had a walkie-talkie in your bedroom. Talk to your buddy, huh? Talk to your, like, Bobby on the other end, like, two blocks away, like, hey, Bobby, what's up, man? Like, are you asleep yet? (laughs) Not yet, you know, like, but that was, you know, we'd be communicating. But there's no difference now than us having this phone <coughs> that while you're out running around doing things, hey, Bobby, hey, what's up, man? Like, hey, not much. Like, cool. Like, yeah. hey, let's meet up later. Cool. Yeah. And then you meet up and then you do your thing because it's a tool right. that allows you to live more life and be more involved in life and more engaging in life. But and when you need lose. something, you can go, hey, hold on a second. Like, I got I to look this up. Or, hey, uh, let me... I gotta go take care of a business thing real quick, and, and it's done. And then you go back to your life again. Yeah, but don't lose the human. That's the fine line. Don't you right. lose the human touch? Right. Now you're talking about the walkie-talkie. You know what I did when I was a kid, Joe? This is how ancient I am. I had a friend that lived next door. We had a we had a, like a soup can. can. Yeah, yeah. And he had he had a soup can. We had a string. It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> No, and his father got mad because he got his neck caught in the string going across the oh, sidewalks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, it's that fine line again, Joe. Uh, I think it's amazing. I, th- I, I, I think, like, even Bree, because I think she realized, like... Who's this? My girlfriend, Bree. Okay. She realized the power of the phone and the technology yeah. and what we can use it for and all that, but yeah. never... She never got fully absorbed into it. Right. So we left earlier. Like her, her thought process is: if we're going out to get groceries, I don't need my phone because I'm not going to do anything but buy groceries. So she doesn't bring it with her. Right. right. I'll have mine with me, but like that's the thing we do is like we're going to buy groceries, so we go and buy groceries, right. not be on our phone. Right. Right. So because we don't, do you really need it? My wife and I do, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because she takes one basket, one cot, and I take the other cot. Okay. And then I'll say, I'll meet you at the cash. <laughs> okay. That's cool. So where are you? So, I mean. Right. That's your walkie-talkie. Right. That's right. That, that's your, you have right. your walkie-talkie, and right. she has hers, right. and you're going, hey, where are you at? Like, right. oh, I'm over by the bread. Right. Okay, well, I'm finishing up right now. I'm going to meet you. Oh, yeah. I'll see you shortly. I, I, I want to make this clear. I am not against technology because I'm so into this Facebook and the FaceTime with, with, with people, and, and I'm just thrilled with that that happens, but I still would rather be with the person yeah. and see the, you know. Uh, so I, I think it's important, but it comes back down to something we've talked about so many times, that fine line yeah. between all of that, you know. Right, because I, um, I think that loneliness feeling is you're not within. You've taken people that, I mean, <coughs> you have you, but what if you don't even have a good family? Right. So now you used to like, well, I don't have a good family, but I have a good set of friends. So to replace the connections you have with your family, you would take yourself out and spend more time with your friends. Right. right? And your friends had this close interaction. You were like having conversations, you're playing in the park, you're going on trips or whatever. And then you can come back to your family. That isn't the best, but, you know, they're your family. But then now you take away the family because all the families on their phone. Yep. And doing their own thing, and they're all individualized, and everybody's like, you know, texting each other back right. and forth. And then you leave that family because you know you don't have this connection. You're like, well, I want to go find some connection. So you go to your friends. Right. Well, your friends are all doing the same thing your family's doing. <laughs> yeah. 
because yeah. your friends aren't chatting with anybody either. They're mm-hmm. not. They're not going out to the park. They're not mm-hmm. like, you know, going playing laser tag or or anything like that and interacting together and like having laughs and having like, you know, mm-hmm. moments where you're like dying on the floor laughing your ass off. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't you're, you don't have that right. interaction. You don't have that experience of that heart to heart or that right. that mind to mind or like that, that energy exchange of vibration mm-hmm. and love and compassion. Right? right, you have, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, what's up? And you're texting back and forth right. in the same room, so you don't have you. You've taken the the human out of all the other humans, yep. Yep. and you're only communicating through this yep. digital format. Yep. Well, sometimes too, uh, I was always concerned being in, in education that sometimes it, they spend so much time in the school systems on some of the what they consider major subjects and forget the the arts yeah and the music and, and the arts the humanities and, 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 and all j- that yesterday was a beautiful article in the paper about how art is being used to help people with dementia and how music can help people with dementia and, and I remember many times where um, th- th- they subjected some kids to so many math and science classes and finally the guidance department would come up to me and say, look, this kid has an interest in music. He's, he's got to let out his emotions. <laughs> I yeah. says, yeah, I felt like saying, now that you've screwed him up, you want us to help, help fix him, which I wanted to do, but I'm saying there's so many emotions in people. It's not just the math. I mean, there's, we're built all differently, and some some students are mathematically inclined. Some Some students... Uh, like physically inclined to be able to do like the athletics and all that. Some people artistically. I mean, we need to right. take care of all of that rather than just forcing everyone down this conveyor belt. They don't come out the yeah. same way. No, exactly. Because you're. That's what happened to me. You lost me because I was like, you're trying to, you're trying to like jam me into this like right. place, and I'm like, but I don't want to be in that place. Right. Like, why are you trying to do this to me? Right. Like, this is not who I am. I'm a creative. Like. Mm-hmm. Let me continue to be creative. Why are you saying, well, we don't have time for that. You have to focus here. Right. I'm like, but that's not me. You know, and I think that's what, what, what's happening is that you're, you're not allowing, I think, and don't, I'm not sure in this, but like in Germany, they, they do more of an apprenticeship. So you find out what you're interested in your, and most of your schooling is guided that okay. way. Like, am I a math science person? Cool. You're going to go this way. Am I this person? You're going to go this way. Mm-hmm. And they kind of keep you there very early already. Right. And See, I'm not crazy about that, Joe. Because, uh, you know, I, again, some that's people... That's the balance gonna, thing. Some, some people are going to be uh, totally against me. Like, you know, we have the Madnet, Madnet, Magnet schools, which I, I, I guess is great. I'm a music educator. It would have been great for me to, to just work with kids who came to the school interested in music. But that isn't society. Right. No, I, I mean, I... I I would rather work with all of the kids and see if we can create some emotional experience for these kids in the arts so that yeah. when they get out there, they can support the arts and understand it. No, absolutely. But, we, but yeah. when you just have a specialized school for the sciences, then those people might not have any understanding of the arts. And if yeah. you have a school just for the arts, then what happens when, when society doesn't understand that? I mean, so... No, I totally see that. I, I totally get your perspective because you're trying to create um, a well-rounded person. Right. Right, where 
Well, we have understanding, I mean, and, and and we can we can uh, understand and, and bear what, what other people like and are interested in. Right. Uh, no, and appreciate it. And appreciate right? it. Right. And like, here's me. I love I love logistics, and I love like the puzzles right. and all these right. things. But I also love going to the opera. And I love going. Right. I, I I couldn't. I don't play an instrument. Right. I've I've learned a, little, a bit of piano and. Right. But I'm not like, I'm not a great musician. Right. But I appreciate music to the point where music makes me happy. Right. And I depend on it. Doesn't mean that I can't learn it and eventually play right. it. Right. But right now I'm focused on but what you, I'm good but at. But you appreciate but it I and appreciate you understand it. it and you understand why others might like really love it. I remember when, when one of my sons was in the middle school, they were trying to start kids on a career path or is are you kidding me i said i want them to experience everything let me experience everything and then at the end of you know maybe by his junior senior year he know he's got an idea of where he wants to go but you, i don't want you to force this kid in grade seven to make a career path yeah no that's crazy because you, you gotta, gotta experiment. think like, um but you were saying this the other day they said based on where medical has gotten already the amount of technology that we have towards right. medicine. They said most kids under 20 years old, the life expectancy is around 110 years old. So if you're still telling somebody based on the old world that yeah. you might die at 65, right. that you have to have your life figured out by 20, so you get 30 or 40 years of work yeah. in before you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. But but what are you gonna, you're going to tell someone at they have to be, you know, have their career figured 13. out. Yeah, 12 or 13, exactly. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? Right. Like, well, shit, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I got 90 more years of life left. No, let me, let me experiment. Let me find out, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm 40, and I feel like I have, like, the whole, I have light years of time ahead of me. Right. And maybe that's wrong, but I can't live like that. I have to live as if I have all this time left. Right. Because I'm not going to live fearful of going, oh, am I going to die tomorrow? You know, I asked that, um, I don't know, I may have mentioned this in one of the few previous ones, but, like, when I was in the hospital with my mom and my dad was in the coma, right. I asked her, I was like, would you want to know what day you're going to die? If you could know, like, would you want to be told? At, you don't have to have the time, right. but the day. On this day... You don't even get to know what's going to happen to you. But on this day, you're going to die. And she said, well, I don't really, I don't know. Let me think about that one. I was like, but here's the problem. Here's what happens. Is that humans will create some sort of tradition around it. And you're going to be like, on your 10th birthday, (laughs) you get this birthday card. And inside the birthday card, you're going to find out the day you die. And some kids will open the birthday card up and go, yeah, 87. I got a good 77 years of life left. But then other, some other kid's going to open it up and go, you're going to die from a car accident in four days. I'm like, well, shit, man, like, four days? That's all I got left? Right? So would you really want to know? Or would you want to just go, you know what? I'm going to live this thing out yeah. as, fa- as best as I can with everything I got right, right. right to the end. And whatever happens, it happens. If I was the kid... Four years old and said, I'm gonna, or seven, whatever the birthday was, you're going to die in an automobile accident four days. I would never leave the house. Right. I'd stay there. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, how am I going to get out of this yeah. one? Yeah. No, I think I would rather not know. Yeah. Just live live your life to the fullest. 
Yeah, everything you got. Which, just like, which we don't, which I know I don't. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what it was like. Um, I've watched all the stuff happen, like all mm-hmm. the social media stuff mm-hmm. about yesterday with Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant. Right. You know, and this guy shared his thoughts on it, and it was so beautiful. He was like, yeah. you know, this. if you take this in perspective, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't right. matter how financially secure right. you have. It doesn't matter, like, how well-known you are, right. all the people right. you know, or everything like that. Right. It doesn't matter because it, it's still it's still all gone in a flash. Like yeah. there's nothing that would have protected him from out of all the people he knew and all the right. fame and all right. the money right. and all right. the success. Right. And it still doesn't protect you from being. You're still just a human. That's a very yeah. very fragile human. Yeah. Right. So so to live all out like everything you got, go out and experience things and, and right. meet people and feel people's hugs and. and and cherish people and, right. and listen and, and hear their perspectives and their and their stories. You know, that's why I love our this podcast. It's just to like, you know, to engage with you and be able to hear like right. your your stories right. vastly different than mine. Well, you know, when you think about Kobe, um, again, think about technology. <clears throat> if you and I were living out where he lived, we'd have to drive. Yeah. But he, he didn't want to go through the traffic, so he oftentimes went by helicopter to practices, to games, right. to travel. I mean, but technology. I mean, he had the luxury of a helicopter. Right. You don't have that luxury. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't you know, matter. What if what if he been in, would have been in a car? Right. Is it just a safe? It's safer to be in the air than it is in yeah. you know because yeah. you're. Yeah. The variables, the uncontrolled variables. Right. That's why I tell people a lot, a lot with driving. People don't put very much le- that much levity on driving. Right. But you are literally in a moving vehicle, driving down the road at even 50 miles an hour, right. surrounded by 40 other people at any given right. time that are also going 50 miles an hour, right. that you have no control over whatsoever. Right of any of those 50 people around you. The only control you have is of yourself. Yeah. So you have to pay attention. You have to be, you have to realize that that is to your brain is yeah. some sort of trauma. Yeah. It's a, it's a micro level of trauma that says, all right, brain, well, we're gonna do the best we can because we're flying right. this spaceship right. surrounded by all these other spaceships that I have no control over. That person wants yeah. to doze off or check their phone or the kid's screaming in the back and kicking the seat. And the mom goes back to, to spot them and they veer off the road and like yeah. across lanes of traffic. Like you have no control over any of that. Yeah. So like driving isn't just driving your car. Well, what happened this past week, I was coming back from the doctor's office and I was in an intersection and it was like three lanes and the, the car on the left of me was supposed to be taking a left. That guy on the right of me was supposed to be taking a right. So I was I was just going straight across. All of a sudden, the guy on the right starts squeezing and blowing a horn at me. To, you know, like, he's upset with me. Because so, he wanted to go straight instead of right? Yeah. But, you know, so I went back to that, like, a few days later because that bothered me. Because, you no, know, I'm 81, so I'm saying let me just go back to that, the scene of the accident. Because he right. said, where are we going? I said, I want to go back to the scene of the accident. I said, I, I want to make sure I didn't make a mistake. Yeah. 
Yeah. I want to make sure that I'm being very careful. And sure enough, the guy had forced me out of my lane, you know? Okay. So um, So you were in the right. Right. But and he I, was like, you're watching, yo. He's supposed to turn right. right. He was blowing the horn and getting upset with me. So I, I, I just want to go back because it's what, what we're talking about. I just want to go back to this, the crime and the scene, the scene of the crime and find out, you know, am I not paying attention here? You know? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's your own cognitive abilities. Am I? Am I? Do I still feel safe driving my right, car? Right. Am I? Did I? Am I? Not, did I slip or right. or? Am I not being careful enough? You know. Right. So. But everything's so fast, Joe, for all the people. I mean, because oh. driving here this morning, there's one guy weaving in uh, in and out of going from lane four to three to two to one, just weaving in and out of all yeah. the vehicles. Like whoa. Right, and you don't really get anywhere because you're not, you're not, that's what's so weird about the weaving is that you're, it's, it's no different than watching them play football. If you're not moving, moving the ball forward, forward. Yeah. you're not getting anywhere. Yeah. You can move side to side all you want. So yeah. if you're yeah. spending all, most of your time in the car yeah. weaving lanes, you're yeah. taking away milliseconds of time yeah. that you're not going forwards. Yeah. Because you're, and, and think how stressful that is. Think how much, um, you ever watch, like on the freeway, they'll be packed in seven or eight deep, two or three feet apart from each other. Right? right? Where literally car three out of eight could blow a tire. I know, that's scary. Right? Like, you have no control over the person that's in the car, let alone the moving pieces on the car. That scares me. Right? You're hoping... And I'm going to use the hope word because you're literally hoping at that point that the maintenance, not even the person driving it, you're hoping the maintenance and the machine that has all these moving parts that this person hopefully has taken care of to the point where you can drive eight deep, 22 feet apart from each other, that something isn't going to break. I know. That's scary. Right? Like that's the level of insanity. That's the level of variables that are happening. I know. At that one moment, and I saw this actually, there were about five or six deep in the left lane. There was, I, I can't remember if it was a semi or a car on the right lane, and a, a second car back blew its left front tire. And he was able to like hit his brace and go like that and get squeezed just out of the lane and just past the car to the right of him to get yeah. off to the side of the road. Barely. Scale. Scary. Right? Why would you want to lay drive under that much stress? It happens all the time though on the highway. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to be ten or twenty feet away from somebody mm. and mining your own have your own little bubble of space that you can maneuver around in and just set the cruise control and just kinda of hang back and you're just gonna to get to where you're going anyways in probably the same amount of time as most of the other people. And you're like zooming and like tailgating and like having to tap your brakes, tap your brakes, tap your brakes. I'm I like, never, I never use the cruise control even down the fly. I never use it. Yeah. Just so I don't go go to sleep. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I can't during the night. Like if I'm driving at night, I'll, I'll uh, I won't use the cruise control because you want to kind of stay like right. you doing the things. Right. Right. And that's why like all this the we keep increasing the automation in cars. Right. You know, and I keep seeing, like, we just need to make automatic vehicles and not let anybody drive anymore. And I was yeah. like, yeah. but you're literally 
taking more away from yeah. the human to have to do. Right. So are you going to, you're taking away the need for agility, you're taking away the need for struggle or right. to mathematically figure something out mm. or pay attention to cause and effect. Mm. And you're now saying, take me anywhere I want to go. I'm afraid of that. I mean, I, I don't think I could get in a vehicle and, and not be driving it. And it's driving itself. Yeah, I'm, I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not there yet. <clears throat> no, I don't know if I could get to that point. I like. I mean, I still drive a six-speed. You're talking about control. I mean, right. you're driving a six-speed, and I have manual locks, manual windows, manual transmission. <laughs> right? Like, I control this box around me. Right. Right. You know, and like I, I, I'd be in a rental car, and they have all this like lane right? sensors, right. and like you know, too close to the car in front of you, right. and it slams right. on its brakes, right. and I was like. Holy shit! Without like some of that's good. I have that in my my Rav. Uh, yeah. The mirrors light up when you. I oh, like yeah. I like that. And when I'm backing up, if someone beep 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 beep. It, oh, it comes up behind yeah, you or yeah. something like that. No, some things are great. Yeah. Like the one thing I it because I'm always paying attention. I mean, ninety five percent of the time or ninety percent of the time, because I enjoy the the puzzle of driving. I enjoy right. watching all the variables and stuff. You know, some of the most part paying mm -hmm. attention. Now I'm driving this rental car, and I'm like driving, 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 and all of a sudden, like, it just slams on its brakes, and I was like, what the hell happened? And it was because it thought I got too close to the car in front of me. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, but I wasn't even close to it. <laughs> like, I wasn't even, like, yeah. but to it, it yeah. you know, but to yeah. it, I was too yeah. close. Yeah. You know, when I, I go over, uh, over the white lines, it starts beeping. Letting okay. me know, I mean, are you going to sleep? Wow. Okay. So, good. Some good things. Yeah. No, there is, and I, I think that's that that tipping point of yeah, yeah. Of, of balance. Yeah. Right between like yeah. how much is too much, how far is too far. Yeah. There was a I was listening to AI talk yesterday, and that was the topic of it was how far is too far. You know how far is like I was watching this guy like teach an AI baby how to do things and how to like. It knows that it's scared of spiders. It shows it a spider and it like, cries. Right? Okay. Like we're getting that level of technology that we're, you know, using AI to build other intelligent beings that are robots. How far is too far? Yeah. You know, like I'm not saying we're going to the Terminator world, but like we don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. Yeah, so I think that that really applies to our original word of intention, right? Because yeah. you could use you could you could have all of the best of intentions, yeah. but you're still playing with something you don't know the end of. You're still playing with something you don't know the all of the all of the all of it. Yeah. So you'd have to have the best of intentions. Sometimes, good intentions. Um. For some people, take it the wrong way. Yeah. Your good intentions, you thought you had good intentions, and, and the other person takes it the wrong way. <clears throat> yeah, because it's all different. Yeah. That's, That's why, like, uh, there's a proverb that Alan Watts talks about. I just heard it this morning. That's why it, it kind of tripped in my head. Is if uh, the wrong man uses the right means, the right means will work in the wrong way. Say that again. The if wrong the wrong man... man 
uses the right means, okay. then the right means could work in the wrong way. Because you're taking something that okay. could have been good, yeah. but this guy that has the wrong yeah. of intention yeah. Yeah. used yeah. something that could have been amazing yeah. and built something that destroyed the world. Okay. I heard this in a, on a television show. Um, I was at a friend's house visiting, and she had their television on, and I was like not really paying attention to it since I don't really watch it. But I heard this said, and I was like, it caught my attention. Because the guy asked his professor and says, if I do something that's bad, but something good comes out of it, does it still make me a bad person? And he goes, so you want to kill baby Hitler? And he goes, what do you mean? I was like, well, you can go back and kill baby Hitler. And then none of those people will die and everything will change the whole world. He goes, well, yeah. And he goes, you're going to kill a baby? You monster. And he goes, well, no, I don't want to kill a baby either. So you're not going to kill Hitler? Right? Because you can't really... Yeah. Just because you think you're doing this bad thing for the right reason. But if you went back and did it, you're still a monster because you killed a baby. But the person doing a bad thing, do they know it's a bad thing for a good reason? Or are they just doing something and it's bad? No, the the way it was asked was that I know what I'm doing is wrong. Okay. But if I do what's wrong, something good will come from it. Okay. So if you go back and kill baby Hitler, then nobody the Holocaust doesn't happen. Right. But would you go back in time and kill a baby? <laughs> That's the unknown. Because you don't know what you, you don't know whether that baby was going to be a kill. <laughs> you don't exactly. Yeah. So we don't know. Like you don't. Mm. You can you can always have the best of intentions with what you're trying to do. Like they always say, like do things out of the intention of love or caring or compassion. And maybe that always takes you the not always, but like for the most part, will ninety percent of the time take you in the right path. But even with all the love and compassion and caring and, and the best of intentions, if you bring something out that it wasn't time for it to come out, yeah. is it still the wrong thing? You know, because we can't, you know, they're talking about, you know, genetic engineering or altering, like, plant life or altering, like, mosquitoes so they don't, like, transmit diseases right. or whatever. Right. Like, what are you changing that you don't know the end effect of? So you think you're doing the right thing because it could solve this problem, mm-hmm. right? But are you solving this problem as such a micro problem that you're going to cause a macro problem? Yeah, yeah. That's the unknown, huh? Yeah. That's, that's uh, something we don't know. Yeah, you that, can't that, know. That happens a lot with, with uh, you know, animals and creatures and and. <clears throat> you know, through the environment, we destroy one, and, but this this one that we thought was bad was eating something that was even worse. And, yeah. Uh, well, people are weird out about possums. Right. Even though possums are very gentle creatures, they're not. They they hiss at you, but they're not. They're not going to attack you. Okay. But they eat like a hundred ticks a day, or something like that. Yeah. Hundreds of ticks. 
So like you might not want this possum around because it doesn't look pretty and it doesn't, you know, it hisses at you and it's, you know, burdensome to you. Right. But so is you getting attacked by hundreds of ticks every day. Yeah. yeah. You know, they had this video that went online that was like there was a deer that was covered in ticks and the possum was eating all the ticks off the deer. Wow. You know, so like yeah. you can say whatever you want about it. A certain creature, but those creatures still belong within yeah, our yeah. our world. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you don't like spiders, but you also don't like ants, and you also don't like flies, and you also don't like mosquitoes. But right. the spiders are eating all the ants and the mosquitoes yeah. and the flies. Yeah, and the mosquitoes are doing something too, right? Yeah, because yeah. somebody's eating the mosquitoes. Yeah, right. So just because you don't like them in your world doesn't mean you should eradicate them. Yeah. You know, because now you're, what are you affecting? What part of the food chain are you affecting? Well, no, it's interesting we're having this conversation with this virus that's coming from yeah, China. Yeah, the coronavirus, you know? yeah. Yeah. Try and figure that one out. Right. But how many other viruses were we all scared about at one point? Yeah. You know, the swine flu and, like, the bird flu and the all these other ones in the past. Yeah. But I think they're, they're finding out with some medicines now that all the all the, st the the antibiotics, a lot of them don't work anymore because all of these germs have developed their own system t to defeat that. Right, because that's yeah. that's nature. Yeah. Right, like that's the whole thing is like yeah. you think you're doing, you did good for when you were doing it. Right. But you also changed other things. You've also changed like, what about a genetic engineered food? Right, and what you did to change this food, or what you're doing with the glyphosate or whatever, and I'm not throwing anything under the bus. I'm speaking very yeah. like openly about here's science and here's this. Yeah. Yeah. So now you've changed the food, genetically and chemically. Yeah. Right, and now these people are eating it, and now you're trying to take the same antibiotic that used to work for people using farm fresh food, right. but they're now they're mostly eating genetically made food that's made with different chemicals and stuff like that. Now, what chemicals in there are now disrupting or negating or neutralizing the antibiotic that used to work before? Yeah, yeah. Right, because you think you're doing the right thing mm -hmm. and it could be the wrong thing. Yeah. The right so, intentions, right? The right intentions. Yeah. The best you can do is have the best of intentions. Yeah. All right, well, I'm gonna <laughs> leave it on that and we'll see you in a couple months. Okay. So that's, you can think of, well, we good. have all kinds of fun topics we can talk about. That's good. So, all right. Thank you, Joe. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I look forward to sharing more with you on future episodes. If you need to contact me, you can reach me at anothernewperspective101 at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Have an awesome day.